Hi, Pink Elephant listeners. This month, I have invited Yolani Potguitar onto the podcast to talk about emotions. What a misunderstood and confusing topic emotions are in the Christian world. Yolani is actually a dear friend, and I've known her for about 10 years, and I can tell you that she is authentic, real, and ever so warm. Her passion is seeing people experience genuine, long-lasting freedom, and I'm sure you'll hear some of that coming through in the stuff that she shares in this episode. You know, Yolani is just one of those really, truly interesting humans. And, you know, not only does she have a business as a trauma therapist after studying psychology and social work, but she also happens to be this incredible singer, one of the best worship leaders I've ever heard. She's super prophetic. She's, you know, constantly texting me, telling me about dreams that she's had. And and also she, you know, is the one that told me 18 months before I actually did it that I would write a book. She's also lived in Egypt. She studies Arabic and she does weightlifting and and she's just hilarious. (sighs) Sorry, I think I'm a little bit out of breath just from talking about her. Anyway, I can't think of a better person to share insights with over this topic. If you would like to follow Yolani, she is on Instagram. Her company is called Sound Mind Mentoring. And yeah, I absolutely would follow her, but she also does take clients for counseling too. So if you're interested, hit her up on Instagram. Other than that, I hope you just get stacks out of this episode and it continues to lead you into a deeper relationship with Christ. Oh, awesome. Well, it's so good to have you on here, Yolani. I'm really excited about what we're going to share about. And um, yeah. Thank you. Very good to be here. It's good to <laughs> have a conversation with a friend. That's yes. how it is. So true. So true. Um, look, I know that some of the guys that listen to the podcast would actually know you because we, you know, have our friends in common and all that kind of stuff. But I thought we should really just start with you giving us a little bit of like an understanding about who you are and and um, your business sound mind and yeah, like give us give us a bit of a lowdown. Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> you take as long as you want. <laughs> a brief rundown is um, yeah, obviously my name's Ilani. I've known you for a for a, for a little while. Um, I guess I can just start with my heart for 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 people and why I started my business Sound Mind, mm. and it's really the heart behind it is to bring healing to people, not just on a superficial level, um, but really help people understand that what is really deep in their heart matters a lot. Mm. And that that is where most of their life comes from. And I think I've seen in my life um, through my journey that there's so much within and outside of the church, there's so much judgment about what we do Mm. and such pressure on what we do, but there's little, insight into why we do those things Mm. the broad spectrum of the heart behind sound mind is one helping people understand what is the reason that i do what i do um, and how can i actually not just judge myself for it and condemn myself but how can i actually change what's on the inside of me so that my behaviors can reflect that Mm, very good. So I take it that the title Sound Mind is taken from the Bible verse as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. That's My, awesome. The 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 way that that happened is as I when I was praying about how the business should look and you know what what it should be, I was kind of like, God, I just really don't want a lame name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you hear like, I don't know, like. There's just so many names that have been used before. Mm. And I was reading the scripture for we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that mm. word was just highlighted to me. And I just thought, oh, I'll just have a little bit of a look what it means in the strongest concordance. Mm. And at the time I was very aware that I wanted this business to be um for young women mm. specifically. And the the strongest concordance literally said, and I'm not going to quote it verbatim, verbatim, but it's the meaning was profound to me, and I just went, that's it, um, and it meant taking into account like the extreme positions of a certain point and mm. finding the perfect balance according to the Lord's will, mm. and that 
And then it said, doing this is vital to counseling young women. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. So that's yeah. how it came to be. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What a story. Um, so I take it for you, you've also been through like healing yourself and Salma, you kind of mentioned it before, um, you know, like, um, is there things that you look back in, in your own like history and your journey that kind of make you go, this is like why I'm here. This is what I'm, you know, like gives you direction for what you're doing. hundred percent. Yeah. It's the thing that drives me because mm. I've been in very, very dark places in my life and mm. not understood how to get out of it. And God has brought me through the process, you know, not overnight. Um, you've been big part of that over the years, but, uh, probably the last, I'd say since 2014 would be the first time that I kind of realized, right. I have some stuff that I need to deal with. As we all do. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like performing my way out of that is not working. So I actually need to look, look inside. Mm. Um, so that it's been a really long journey to be honest, mm. but every time God teaches me something new, I go, okay, now I know everything. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Every time he teaches me something new, I'm like, geez, I know nothing. Yeah. Um, so I just am amazed and I'm, I'm definitely still on the journey, but I've learned a lot so mm. far. And I really, really want to provide, I guess, insight for people who are still yeah. at the beginning of that journey or walking along that journey and don't know mm. what to do next because yeah, like the Bible says, like people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm. Knowledge isn't everything, but it's a great starting point to yes. know what is going on and that there is a way out of this. Mm. And just the contrast between the way that I used to experience the world yes, and God versus mm. now. Like, so, so you would say that going through this whole journey too has made a massive impact in terms of how you relate to God? 100%. Yeah. Like it's completely flipped my relationship with God and the world around me mm. because, you know, when you go through things, um, the younger you are, the more severe, I guess, but it shapes how you see everything, mm. it shapes how you see the world. It shapes how you see yourself. It shapes how you even experience every day. Mm. And like, to me, that's really profound because most people are so used to the way that they see the world. They don't mm. think that they think it's like, I can learn something new and maybe do something different, but they don't actually consider that I can experience the world differently mm. because it's something that we just get used to. It's yeah. like, if you've been given bread as ice cream for your whole life, you're not going to really like ice cream, but you're just going to go like, I don't really want to try it again. Mm. But when someone gives you real ice cream, you're like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, I love like what you're saying. This whole podcast, the purpose of it is like, you know, coming to this point where we realize that this sometimes feels like there's something missing in our relationship with God. And so the encouragement of this whole podcast is to basically go deeper in our relationship with God and actually go into those places that we're often like not operating in because we often operate at the surface level and recognize that there are these deeper things that actually stand in the way of experiencing the fullness of the relationship with God that we've been promised that we can experience. And so like, I love what you're saying that it, you know, actually going right into this, like into like dealing with, with some of the emotions that you had and, and with some of the challenges that you had, um, have flipped, it has changed it. So for our listeners out there, you know, if you're still in a place where you're kind of going, is this it? You know, is this all a relationship with God is meant to be? Well, you know, um, take a leaf out of Yolani's book here where um, she doesn't have a book yet, but we're hoping she does the <laughs> right one. But, um, you know, to take, you know, take a, yeah, she has a Bible. That's the one that she has. Um, so, you know, to take a leaf out of her book to recognise that there might be things that are deeper at play here. And so going deeper means like finding those barriers that might stand between you and God, right? And and therefore being able to be on the flip side of that where I can say as a friend that I know that Yolani is a different person today, uh, more um, centred, more, um, you know, um, 
hearing of the Holy Spirit even than what she was when I knew her when she was like 17. So, you know, and yeah, I mean, that's, you know, testimony to God's work in your life, but also your response to God's invitations to want to heal too, which is awesome. So look, today's episode is all about emotions, right? So I've, you know, dropped that word in a few times there just so that we can have some consistency with where we're going here. So I got some like pretty big questions because I actually think the Christian world really struggles with emotions. Like we have some um, interesting responses to emotions and, and the ways we look at it, but we also have interesting responses to the things that exist out there to help us deal with emotions. So like, um, so to begin with, this is my first question. So in, in Christian circles, there is like this tendency to veer towards deliverance ministry, right? Which is, you know, I'm thinking of things like um, sozo ministry and prayer deliverance and, and certainly not dismissing any of that, but rather than going to psychology and counselling, right? And um, I've literally had Christian people who are in that um, field say to me that they think psychology and counselling is a waste of time which, you know, has as a person who was a counsellor is always very, um, you know, jolting for me. But I would love to get your thoughts on how this kind of interacts because it seems like both are relevant and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But also there's an interaction between them, it, it seems. That's what I can see anyway. Yeah. Well, two things come to mind. I think the first thing is humans tend to, steer towards the quickest way to deal with something or their perceived way that that is the quickest now in the church i think deliverance ministry comes across as just get prayed for and your problems will be gone so there's not all the time but sometimes people tend to lean on that very heavily because they actually don't want to face whatever else is going on they don't want to admit mm. that sometimes there is a process to it mm. um and that can be very dangerous in my opinion because it doesn't actually deal with the issue at hand and it's misusing something that's very powerful which is deliverance mm. um, and on the back of that i believe that because the church at large don't understand the mechanics of humans or mm. how we are created um and we were chatting earlier about this mm. what is where does heartbreak happen where does um, spiritual wounding happen? Where does soul wounding, like what, what does that even mean? Like, because mm. they don't understand that, they kind of really don't know what to do. Mm. So anything that's out of the normal or that has any kind of reference to something that they haven't heard of before, it's really scary because in the church we've been taught that don't, you know, don't get involved with this because otherwise you're going to be attacked by demons mm. now like that's a very obviously a facetious way of saying it but mm. it's true that we need to be careful what we get involved in and it's true that deliverance is important and i think it is true that um yeah that it is a part of healing mm -hmm. but my understanding is that it is only a part of it it's an important mm. part deliverance but it's not the only part mm. uh, because we are made in the image of God, mm. which means that we are also trying beings. Now this gets into like a whole different topic and tell me to stop. Any <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. But you know, when, when the Bible refers to us in different ways, sometimes it mentions our soul. Sometimes it mentions our heart and sometimes it mentions our mind sometimes it mentions our spirit mm. um and it can get very confusing and i think a lot of christians just go like not really for me it's just a bit overwhelming um i'm just going to kind of stick with the pray for me and then i can ignore it kind mm. of which is not always that helpful no. Well, in truth, I've seen a lot of people get quite disillusioned by that because for whatever reason, uh, you know, the prayer ministry that they've been seeking hasn't been fixing it. And yet, like you said, um, it's uh, it, it may be more of a process. A, I, I like to think of the passage that says renewing the mind, you know, like to renew something takes time and 
which, you know, also validates that there's some things that aren't meant to be instantly healed. There's some things that are meant to be worked through. Uh, and yeah, so I love, I love what you're saying. It's true. We can try to go for the easier thing sometimes and not to say that prayer ministry is always easier, but there are some circumstances where it is obviously where we just like, we just want God to fix it rather yeah. than recognize that there is a whole journey that he means for us to go through to reorient the way we think and, and the way we, yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, and I, I definitely have been in this camp too, where we are really afraid of recognizing our humanity, like just mm. that we are a physical body as well. Mm. And it's, it's interesting to me because I just go, Jesus came in the flesh mm. <laughs> and like he came in the flesh because God said this is exactly an exact representation of the Father. Mm. It means that it's important to him to know that he made our bodies, he made, He put us in a body, we're not just a body, but we can't ignore that we are in a body. Mm. The impact that our body also has on us or the impact that things have on our body and how that intersects with yes. us, all of that. So ignoring a whole part of who we are, which often happens, it's like, you know, just have faith. Like, don't worry about your anxiety. It's really unhelpful mm. because it's like going to like uproot a tree and kind of just cutting off an apple mm. and just like, all right, the tree's dead. Like, no, mm. it's just going to grow a new apple. Yes. Yeah. So it's really getting into like, let's go a little bit deeper mm. and be open to, you don't have to accept everything as truth. Yes. That's, that's important, you know, but be open to learning something that may be a little bit uncomfortable so that you can just consider, is this what's going on for me? Mm. It's so true what you're saying, because like, I don't think it was until I experienced anxiety properly myself. I've definitely been worried at times in my life, right? Um, I think when I was worried about things, I just thought that everyone who had anxiety, it was just an issue of the mind. So that it's more about just reprogramming how you think, having a different perspective and, you know, applying these Bible verses and then you'll get over it. But then when I actually experienced anxiety for myself um, a couple of years ago, I realized that there is a whole bunch of physiological things that are going on that you can't just program your mind out of. Like, you know, the elevated heart rate. I can't change that just by what I think. The, you know, getting cold sweats, the, you know, all of these physiological responses that I almost, I basically had no control over. Yeah. And I had tried to control it in the past. And so I think sometimes we can be a bit, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, shallow in our response, in our understanding of anxiety in that way when we assume that it's just all about how we think. You know, like yeah. I've seen a lot of books out there that talk about, you know, changing what you say in your mind and changing the battlefield of the mind. I mean, which I do actually love that book anyway, the battlefield of the mind. But it's this idea that everything is all in our head. But yes. no, actually anxiety is a physiological response too. Well, something that the Lord showed me um, in preparation for a seminar on anxiety, actually, mm. I was asking him, I, you know, I know the science behind anxiety and all of that i'm like i need you to show me in the bible because yeah that's our truth mm. and um, i need you to show me in the bible that the it matters what happens in our physical body mm. and um i read romans 12 again and the verse that comes before renewing your mind literally says present your body as a living sacrifice yes and it doesn't say present your body as a dead sacrifice mm. or just like as a numb sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> it says a living sacrifice, which to me implies that there is a way for us to be in control of the way that we respond, like physically. And mm. then you can choose to present it as a living sacrifice, which science actually shows that to be very true is there's way more neurons that go from our body to our brain than our brain to our body. So mm. if we're trying to white knuckle our way through anxiety, it's not going to work because mm. our body is much stronger in that sense, sending anxious signals to our brain. Wow. If we can actually learn about our body and go, okay, I'm experiencing something in my body and learn how to address that. Our renewing our mind is, a hundred times easier 
Mm. It actually makes us able more to live in the will of God and in mm. the truth without spending hours and hours and hours just trying to convince ourselves, I'm not anxious, I'm not anxious, I'm not anxious. Mm. Is it because um, all of our efforts are going to try to uh, uh, like battle or to 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 deny that this thing is there? It means that we're not able to use our brain in a more constructive way. Is that part of it? I mean, I'm asking for the science, I guess, because some of what you just said, I did not know about that. Mm. Well. Can you ask your question one more time? Yeah, sorry. So like, <laughs> sorry, I say a lot of things all in one piece. So like is part of the reason why um, it's difficult for us to actually like move into a place of healing is because we're so busy psychologically making space to deny the anxiety that we don't actually have room to start to just accept it and kind of go, okay, well then now how can we start healing? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. So I guess if you go back to look at what what is anxiety, it helps to understand why it doesn't work. Now, anxiety is a signal. Mm. It's information that your body and your brain believes that you're in danger. So if you are just for exaggerating purposes to make this clear, if you are um in a forest and there's a bear that's about hundred meters away and your, your heart rate starts going, Hey, there's, there's a bear. Um, and it's starting to run towards you and you're going, ah, Oh my gosh, there's a bear. What is not going to work is just relax. Mm. Just breathe, just be calm. Like just trust God. Like, I mean, no. it's not going to work for your brain or for the fact that the bear is right there about exactly. to attack you, right? <laughs> because, because God's created your body to protect you in that situation. Mm. It's created your body to go, no, you actually hear some energy, we're upping your heart rate, your blood flow is increasing, all the unnecessary things are stopping so that you can run away from this bear. Mm. Now, certain situations in life teach our body and our brain that response. So sometimes we'll feel anxious about something that's triggered us and we may not even know what that is because remember, mm. our body responds to something that is seen as a threat but that doesn't have to be a conscious threat. It doesn't have to be a bear. Mm. It's a perceived threat rather than necessarily an actual threat, yeah. Yeah. So you have to go a little bit deeper than going, just change my thoughts. Mm. The state that our body is in and our nervous system is in actually determines the way that we think. Mm. Um, and we can get into more detail what that mm. looks like if you, if you want to, but mm. that's the essence of it. Like we can't, we cannot think our way out of anxiety. Mm. You know what I absolutely love about what you said is the fact that God has designed our bodies to like to be aware of danger, right? So it's even quite um it's even quite sad that we have gone sometimes against the design God has put in us to try and handle things because it's unwanted to us because clearly he's built us to be able to to you know um to respond and to do you know what I mean to learn from all of that. It's doing what it's, it's designed to do. Yeah. That's the thing. And we are we are actually responding to ourselves in a way that I would say the enemy responds to us, which is just judgment. Like stop it. Like don't don't do that. Like stop feeling scared. Like that's just yeah, it's such a surface level way to address it because it, it just won't work. And anyone who has had anxiety <laughs> or I said this the other day, anyone who's married, I'm not married, but I've had anxiety. Um <laughs> Anyone who's married and has ever been angry at their partner or husband or wife and then their partner has said to them, just calm down, like has it ever worked in the history of fighting? No. no and there's a reason for that because something's happening in your body that you're, you're perceiving as dangerous or scary and your body, this is crucial, your body and your nervous system don't speak English. Mm. It's not, it's not connected to the language centers of your brain. So when you say, calm down, like, it's like, I don't, what? Different language, different language. Different yeah. language. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's, awesome. when, that's when we come to emotions. Yeah. Because right. emotions, and I, I know this would be 
like part of what you wanted to talk about as well today that emotions are that language mm, mm. Um, i love that what are emotions and how do you think god intended for our emotions to be harnessed and used so you've kind of told us a little bit already about what emotions are so i mean how do you think god has intended for us to use it because we clearly don't use it the way he always wants us to or yeah. understand them anyway well okay my understanding is that emotions are information mm. that's it emotions are information about what's going on inside of you now like i think backtracking a little bit would be good because it's like if we read the bible um we hear so many verses about the heart mm. so many like everything you do flows from your heart um proverbs says that your life is a mirror of your heart mm. um, and there's so much about the heart you know where where your treasure is there your heart will be also yes. the lord with all your heart like it's love that verse it's there's so many and you can google it and there's over 100 there's just a lot so the heart is really really important to god um the bible says that god doesn't look at the outward appearance he looks at the heart so what is he looking at? um and i found this fascinating when i could finally connect it to what i had learned in my studies mm. which is the heart is where everything flows from that's what mm. the bible says everything we do flows from our heart the words that we speak flow from our heart that's a verse as well mm. science says that the same thing but the word that they use is the subconscious right so in statistics 90 to 95 percent of what we do comes from our heart or our subconscious but that part of us isn't readily accessible it's not like i can now go what is my what's in my subconscious because <laughs> because the way that your brain stores memories in your subconscious is not in the same way that it stores memories in your conscious mind. So what I mean by that is if you go to the shops, there's an awesome barbecue going, you're going, man, this barbecue smells awesome. Like I want to buy that and you buy it and you buy it for your family. So just stupid example, you go to the shops, you smell something pretty cool and you just remember that. When you tell your friend that you went to the shops, you're like, yeah, so I went to the shops yesterday and I smelt this barbecue and your brain stores it as a story. And all of your senses, your smell, your sight, your hearing, there may have been loud music, you store it together in a coherent manner. But anything that either is traumatic, stressful, um, anything that you went through that was overwhelming, mm -hmm. that goes into your subconscious isn't stored in an episodic way. It's stored in ways that are very fragmented. Mm. So especially if it's a stressful memory, it's not stored with language or a story. It's stored in experience mm. and sensations. So it's basically that you remember the feeling of it. Is that? Yeah, you, you remember what it felt like. Mm. And that's where emotions come from. Mm. Because when you say you smell something that reminds you of the time that your grandma came to visit when you're five, you'll remember, oh, this feels... I'm so happy. Like I feel, mm. I like this feeling. I really mm. like that smell, you know, you, but it's not like you go, when I was five, I thought, oh yes, my grandma is coming to visit. And the story that you told yourself then it's just, you remember the feeling and you remember mm -hmm. the experience. And I think a misconception and confusion, especially in the church is, is our heart good or is it bad now? Mm. Like, do I follow my heart or do I, is my heart mm. deceitful above all things? Like it's so confusing because mm. I've been at both ends of the spectrum that's gone. No, I think God created us to be good. So I think what's in our heart is good. But then the Bible says it's deceitful. And then sometimes I've had trouble going, well, I followed my heart and it wasn't really helpful at all. Yeah. Like all of us. Yes. Yeah. So what we have to realize is that our heart is simply a culmination of everything that we've been through. Mm. everything that we've experienced in life learned in life what we truly believe not what we think we believe what we truly believe lives in our heart and i point here but i mean here mm. because that's our subconscious mm. and emotions and because your subconscious doesn't have the language of english it uses the language of sensation and feeling to communicate mm. to you 
this is what's going on. Yeah. And it's, is is it, I mean, I'm getting scientific now, but is it like a hormone, the feeling like say, cause I saw this like really cool little reel on Instagram where it was showing like what happiness looks like scientifically. And it showed this little thing and it's kind of, you know, like a, 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 like a peptide or something like that. And it's yeah. just kind of moving down oh. a thing. It it hundred percent can be, and that's that's the that's the fascinating thing about why it's so interconnected. Mm. Is a memory something that's non physical? You know, something that happened or a, a dangerous experience you had can have such impacts on your body. Mm. Yes, it releases something physical. If you mm. if you, it's like we've taken something so obvious really and made it really complicated because if mm. yeah if, if i use the bear example again if the bear's running towards you then your body's immediately going to react because it's perceiving that you're in danger mm. so your mind and your body are are inextricably linked mm. Mm. you can't separate the two and actually if you do separate the two that is what trauma does so it's actually very unhealthy but that's a episode for another day yes yes so, um, so it is biological and it is hormonal. Mm. Yeah. So uh, there obviously are some negative ways in which we in the church and Christians um, respond to emotions. What in your perception would you say are those responses and which one do you think is the most dangerous? Like if you could turn around and tomorrow click your fingers and just change one way in which the church is currently responding to emotions culturally, what would it be? So I've asked you a few questions there. Sorry, I do that a lot, don't no, I? No, no. <laughs> I, 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 I took one. <laughs> okay, good. Um, you captured a bit. That's good. There's, there's a lot, but I think the one that comes to mind is over-spiritualizing emotions. And what I what I mean by that is, um, like, don't get me wrong, I, I do I 100% believe there's a spiritual aspect to our experience of life. Mm-hmm but limiting it to the devil is making me feel scared is actually limiting God's, you are limiting God's capacity to, not capacity, his ability or freedom to actually heal the thing that's making you scared. Mm, yes. Um, because God is obviously not going to force us into anything. Mm. Um, and if you are, if we are ignorant of what's truly going on in our heart, Mm-hmm. and why we are afraid and why we are feeling scared and anxious mm-hmm. there's no there's no way that we can actually deal with what's at hand so that's mm-hmm. the thing just blaming emotion on demonic activity yeah and dismissing it as that which is obviously a um a habit that is probably more typical of us in the pentecostal kind of world right we have a tendency to kind of go oh the devil made me do this or the devil's this or the devil's doing this but sometimes there's actually stuff that's going on in us um which is probably giving opportunity to the enemy to take advantage but its source is coming from what's in here yes yes Yes. I I also think I have to say um the opposite end of the spectrum I do think is just as dangerous Mm -hmm. by just going whatever whatever you feel is true mm. because it's not and and like i would have been in this this end of the spectrum for a long time mm-hmm. and it was very it's very harmful because you take your experience as truth mm-hmm. and and your experience is telling you the truth about what's going on for you, but it's mm-hmm. not telling you the tr- God's truth necessarily. Mm. You know what I mean? Can you give me a practical example of that, like how that looks in yeah. practice? Yeah. So if, if, for example, I go through a breakup mm-hmm. and I'm experiencing, you know, I'm just completely unloved and I'm so ugly. I don't, I'm not lovable. No one's going to want me. That's giving me a lot of insight on what's going on and what beliefs I've actually adopted about myself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's telling me the truth about what I believe, mm-hmm. but it's not telling me the actual truth about who I am. Yes. So it's it's dangerous to say to someone, 
your emotions aren't important and completely invalid and shouldn't mm-hmm. be listened to. But it's also just as dangerous to say to someone, your emotions are truth about everything you feel is true about mm. who you are or about your situation. Mm. Okay, that- so can I give you like a, a scenario and you tell me if this is accurate too, right? So <laughs> a, t- a typical one that I've come across but also I experienced is anger with the church because of feeling disillusioned and all the rest of it, right? So my um, experience told me that the church is bad. This is when I was going through like like really like, you know, dark places of disillusionment around the church. But when I was feeling disillusioned, it meant that the church was bad, right? But actually what that emotion of disillusionment was telling me was what was going on in me and not necessarily truth about what the church is at large. Is yeah. that kind of what you mean? hundred percent. And it's telling you about what you experience in this, in the pocket of church that you've known. Mm. You know I mean, it's not, it's not telling you what God thinks of the church. Mm. It's not telling you what God's heart is for the church. It's mm. telling you about, yeah, what did you experience in y- your time? Mm. In, so yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which is so important to deal with. Yes, well, and really when I wrote that book about disillusionment, that was the aftermath of me dealing with my disillusionment, which was that my conclusion was completely different to the assumptions I'd made in the beginning, which is that there is both good and bad in the church and Jesus still loves it anyway and that Jesus is way way less prescriptive about how the church should be than I am. So, so anyway, so like... I think you're right. Like I, I know you're right because you have clearly studied lots and learnt lots and all the rest of it. But it's um a really cool example you're giving there in that um the extremes of where we can go with emotions. And would you say that um the better place is to be somewhere in the middle once we've dealt with our own? Do, does that make sense, or is it, do you arrive at the middle once you have dealt with it all? Like how does that work? This is an interesting one and my auntie who is a psychologist came to visit recently and she made a really good point, which is we we often have like a, we have a book and we go, everyone read this book, it's going to be really helpful. But for some people it may not be helpful and for some other people it may be because of the way that we function differently. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because some people operate really strongly from their emotions. So I am a very emotional person and in the past my downfall has been I make decisions based on how I feel. Now, for someone else like my brother, we've talked about this extensively, (laughs) (laughs) he will go, well, the facts say this and this and this. And, And to him that's how he makes decisions. So I don't necessarily say in the middle because it's, it it depends on where you are. Mm. Um, if you're someone that is really disconnected from how you feel, it will be helpful for you to go, okay, these are the facts, but maybe I can also consider that there's an emotional aspect to this and that that can also help me influence my decision. Mm-hmm. Me, the most helpful thing for me was for someone to tell me facts, mm. the truth, like, and connect me back to reality. Mm. because because I can get so lost in my emotions mm-hmm. that I actually just can't tell what's real anymore. Yes, right. And then it's just so overwhelming. Mm. So my, I guess, middle ground or what you're saying is curiosity. Yes. Um, I would say the starting point is curiosity. Mm. <laughs> how am I responding right now and what am I basing that on? Like just begin to be curious because Mm. before you get to any conclusions, because usually like the judgment and the guilt and the like irrationality comes from just going, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to make this decision or I do feel like this. I'm going to make this decision. But both Mm. of those come from a place of I don't know how to sit with uncomfortability yes. and be curious about my reaction. And again, what we went, what we talked about at the start, go a little bit deeper. I don't know how to sit with that because I'm scared of what might come up. Mm. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I that think that's, yeah, I think that happens for most people. We, 
you know, like um, don't want to sit in the place of discomfort. So we just make a decision that we think is going to resolve that. But unfortunately, it never like making this decisions are and usually an external solution. It's something's outside of ourselves that we're deciding that's not necessarily going to change how we're feeling. And so eventually that feeling comes up again in another circumstance. So effectively all we've done is run from it. Yes. And, and you can't run from it because it's in you. It's going to keep coming up until. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing that I think I would, I, if, if I could, you didn't ask me this question, but if I could Go like in, inject a belief <laughs> into everyone's <laughs> brains, it would just be the knowing that avoiding something isn't going to solve isn't going to solve it like yes. you know the the typical saying what we resist persists mm-hmm. but like i've been doing a lot of research recently and reading about the physiological impact of emotions when it mm-hmm. remains unaddressed is it's shocking mm-hmm. it's 98% of chronic illness comes from unresolved stress and it's that is that statistic is just mind blowing did you say 98? That's from Caroline Leaf. There's yeah, a correlation wow. yeah. b- between chronic illness and and stressful experiences or unresolved stressful mm. experiences that sit in the body. And when we continue to avoid how we feel, because it's like, I heard this thing once, it's like someone, an emotion is like a whisper. Hey, mm. something, something is going on. Mm. If we don't listen to it, it will become like someone talking a bit louder. Okay. Mm. It's a bit more extreme the next time. Um, but if we still don't listen to it, it will yell at us in whatever way it can. And sometimes that means we, we go into depression. We go into severe mental illness. Mm. We go into the extremes of getting really sick. And um, there are real physiological consequences. And Dr. Gabor Matt talks a lot about that. And especially like in his latest book, which I'm reading at the moment, um, it's, it's fascinating. He mm. makes things between cancer and certain like emotional repression. There's just a lot. Yeah, right. So mm. it's actually really dangerous for us to repress emotions for the long term. And I'm not saying like every single day you need to just be like fully expressing everything to every single person. <laughs> which I've learned. Um, <laughs> the cat is like, how are you? And I'm like, um, do you really want to know? <laughs> I've learned to not do that. But, hmm. um, yeah, I think there's real, real value in learning how to recognise what's going on inside of us. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing actually when you think about it, hey, because we assume that, okay, like I know some people who are like complete health freaks, right, like, not me, clearly not me. That's not my lifestyle, but whatever, right? There's full on about what they eat, what they, you know, drink, exercise, keep their family fit. But then when it comes to stress, like they're just always like, you know, like organized, super organized, in control, blah, 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 like trying to achieve and achieve and achieve and achieve and get things done because that's what, you know, is required of them in the jobs that they have or whatever. And yet we actually don't realize that that act itself may actually be way worse, like for your overall health than all of the other stuff that you're doing for your health. Yeah. Because like, like I agree with you. I think that there is like such a huge impact in terms of like, I mean, like you said, there's hormones going on, you know, there's hormones being secreted each time we feel something each week, you know, like, um, and so that, in excess could have a really bad effect on us. Like I've um, personally stopped like whenever, like I might have a sore tummy or something like that. I actually do take a moment and kind of go, hang on, is this partly because I have been stressing out a lot about things? Like I make a point not to assume there's a, a, like um, as some kind of external, I ate something wrong kind of solution. I will look at the overall, like look at myself holistically. Have I been handling you know, have I been getting like enough rest? Have I been having a mental rest, not even just physical rest? Like, you know, looking at all of those factors because recognizing that I'm not just a physical body, yeah. I also have thoughts and emotions that affect everything physiologically within me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's been, there's been lots of, I mean, you know, you don't really always know the root of something until you explore it. Um, 
and I had um I had an interesting thing happen to me like last year I had a skin issue come up um called rosacea and yeah like a lot of doctors wanted to treat it as just purely genetic or physical and it was obviously a physical manifestation of something but the more I explored it the more I realized it was actually it was my it was my body was unable to cope with the amount of cortisol and stress that's in it mm. the consequence of that was that I had a really inflamed gut mm. and there's long-term consequences for stress and I mean that's very mild compared to a lot of people Mm. but it was a real reality check for me because I was like man I can't just push my limits all the time and not get enough sleep just there's going to be a consequence to that um now I may choose to be okay with that consequence but I wasn't and I changed Mm. my lifestyle and it took me about like a year to resolve that issue Mm. but yeah, I, I think having this knowledge can save us a lot of yes. time and trouble yep. trying to undo the consequences of stress. Yes. Our body. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. Like stress is just really under, I don't know, like, I mean, there was a, a, a culture there for a little while when I was working in, you know, corporate whatever, um, to talk about stress management. Like that was like a whole thing. Um, I've noticed that it, it's not as much of a conversation point or maybe it's just because I'm not in that area anymore, but um, our management of stress is quite extreme. Like as in we definitely underplay the significance of stress, both physical stress or psychological stress, emotional stress on our, on our entire being really, isn't it? Um, I've got one more question for you and, and then I think we'll call it a day, but I wanted to ask you about self-care right? So we, self-care is like, we, it gets talked about a lot actually these days, although there's still many Christians and um, otherwise who don't uh, uh, buy into the, the ethos of self-care, but how would you say self-care is significant when it comes to our emotions and how we handle them? It's, it's, it's very significant, but I have to say that it's not necessarily what people think it is. Okay. Self-care isn't necessarily just getting more sleep or um, doing less or going for a facial, getting nails done. Self-care is understanding where you're at and what you need. Mm. That could be I need to move my body Um, or it could be I actually need to delve a bit deeper into why I'm stressed all the time. Like just on what you were saying before, it hit me that it's like stress management is only management. It doesn't involve it because some people have stuff that they haven't dealt with for years that needs to be resolved and seemingly small things are causing them a lot of stress because it's compiled. Mm. And so that's a huge thing. It's like managing your stress by sleeping more or eating healthy, that's only going to work for so long if you don't actually deal with the origin of your stress. Mm. Now, we are, we're, we're resilient humans. We're meant to be able to handle stress. Um, but there, there's a build up of stress across our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Our brains and our bodies learn to respond to protect us in a certain way. And if we don't teach it to heal, mm it's going to be very, it's going to be living in that really heightened stress state all the time mm. that will have negative consequences. Um, so yeah, I think my answer in self care would be if you're someone who's stressed out a lot of the time, mm. you have a fairly normal life. Maybe there's something that is causing that that's beyond what you can see right now. Mm. Um, if it is just your life is crazy. Yes. Like, do you need to rest more? Do you need to nourish your body with food that really fuel you? Maybe you need to exercise, maybe, but but there, you cannot go wrong in understanding yourself, mm. asking questions and going, what do I need right now? Because we are so chronically disconnected from what we need in this society. Yes. Especially in the church, we go, oh, I don't have any needs. Like, I only need Jesus. Oh, we also feel bad that we have needs too, right? We we yeah. feel guilty about it or that it's some kind of negative um, um, demonstration of who we are if we have needs. 
Exactly. And we feel we, we don't know how to be honest. We, we were never taught to be honest about our limitations because mm. that's not servant hearted. Mm. And, and I know that we need to finish, but Brene Brown puts it beautifully. And she says, when I first started um, putting in boundaries about what my limits were, it looked like I was doing less for people, but the things that I were doing were being done with more purity, with mm. more sincerity and more true compassion Mm. that's what it's about and that's what god says it's about it's not about what you look like you're doing to other people it's about where is your heart at when you're doing something yes you can't honestly say that i'm making the sacrifice with a willing heart that has capacity to make the sacrifice Mm. it's not the right thing to do yes yeah that that was brilliant that was absolutely brilliant and such an awesome place for us to finish. Uh, to be honest, I think we could talk about this way more than we have, and maybe we will do another episode if you're keen to do that because well, I feel like we have just <laughs> totally just touched the surface. That's all we have had the time to do, which is like, you know, it's such a massive topic and, yes. But, look, um, really encourage you if anything that um, Yulani has said today has really spoken to you, has um, uh, just prick some interest in your heart um a go pray about it like first let's just you know take things to god and recognize that we you know um be open to him and what what he may have meant to stir in your heart through what yolani has said but also yolani is on instagram so please jump on instagram and follow her her account is sound mind um and yeah like there is some massive bits of gold that she puts um, on Instagram. Connect with her. She's got some services and stuff that she is wanting to put out there and um, to help you through your own journey with all of this. And, yeah, but thank you so much, Yolani, for just tantalising our brains with all that and just, yeah, it was so much food for thought. So good. Thank you so much. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pink Elephant. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my resources on my website, meljsayward.com.